Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Hello. Oh, she uh, walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk it. Woo. Walk it like a talk it. You. Walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it like a talk it. Woo. Walk it like a talk it. Hey. Walk it like a talk it. Walk it. Walk it. Yes. You are in. Hey, a shout out to this episode's sponsor, gtsurf.org. They help pay the bills and make this podcast free for you. That's gtsurf.org. And you're saying, who's that? Well, I'm glad you asked. gtsurf.org, planning and riding the most important waves of your life. And whether you have surfed a wave or not, your life is a lot like surfing. You will have waves of a lifetime and then wipeouts where you nearly drown. And each day and wave can be different. Now, for most... Your life and certain goals have been very hard or even impossible thus far to achieve. And on the flip side, maybe you're feeling pretty good and cocky. And if so, if you're more good the cocky side, then you haven't been crushed by a big wave yet, or at least for a while. And big wave or not, your heart tells you you are missing something. GTSurf.org teaches you how to plan and ride the waves of life. More important, how to ride the waves you didn't see coming. You start with the little waves, and you work your way up to the big ones for your ultimate life goals. Discovering and living your true purpose. Time to up your game. Check them out at gtsurf.org. Hey, hey, hey. Special shout out to our listeners in Pakistan, in Ireland, and in Virginia, and all the way over to California, to name a few. Thank you so much for joining Wherever you may be today, I bet many of you are asking, what in the world is going on? You've been beat down? And for those that have have stuck with us long enough, you will be challenged. And you're not listening to this by accident. You have a purpose. And we will encourage you. And for today, we're going to go back to the Dr. Brian Loritz well. You may recall uh, Dr. Loritz from the, uh, the uh, almost said Dr. Strangelove. What's well, Dr. Brian Loritz from the Strangelove episode. That was back on July 4th, season two, episode 37. One of my favorite messages ever. This time, he explains how we can be different during the tougher times on this broken planet. We listen to it and discuss. And if you'd like to listen to the entire message, go to the Brian Loritz podcast that's L-O-R-R-I-T-S. Uh, this, this message was given at Summit Church in North Carolina. It was published on August 4th, 2020, entitled, The Same Different as He. So, without further ado, let's go. Everything about First Peter chapter 4 screams different. Christians, we are to be different in our actions among the world, different in our affiliations to the world, and finally, we're to be different in our aches in the world. This is exactly what Peter gets to as we round third and head for home. Pick me up in verse 12. Peter says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. 
But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Amen. I just want to go put my cards on the table here. This is probably the biggest disconnect between the world of the first century and our world in 21st century America. Peter is writing to a world where being a follower uh, of Jesus Christ could literally cost you your life. That's why when Peter, when he's talking about suffering, he's, he's not talking about a kind of suffering that's um, quid pro quo, us getting our just due. In fact, he's, he would go on to say in verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Being a murderer or a thief in first century Rome uh, actually was a capital punishment that could cost you your life. So he's not talking about the person who does bad things over here and and they're being reprimanded. That's not the kind of suffering he's getting at. And yet, what does this mean for us as Christians? What does this look like for us when we go through the aches of this life, living in a world where, as of right now, is providing us with religious freedom? And I I should hope we Christians uh, not only value but continue to fight for religious freedom. But what does this mean for, for us? I think we should broaden this a little bit and just talk about aches in general. Not the kind, again, that comes with me kind of getting punished for wrongdoing, but just living in a fallen world. Peter is clear that living this life and following Jesus Christ does not mean I won't suffer, I won't go through this. It's kind of a death knell to this name-it-claim-it prosperity theology that is just killing our churches. No, Peter says you can count on suffering. You can count on the aches of this world. In this world, we will have trouble. We live in a world that has fallen, where cancer and sickness and illness and rebellion and people attacking us and slandering and gossip. It's just part of living in this world. In fact, right now, some of you are just going through these things. And I think it's important that we understand it doesn't mean that, that you've done something wrong. So what am I to do when I find myself going through these things? Let's wrap up with this. Uh, number one, Peter would say, when you find yourself dealing with the aches of this life, stop and get some perspective. This is what he means in verse 12 when he says, Beloved, do not be surprised. I love that. In the original language, that phrase, do not be surprised, it literally means don't let it throw you. So when we go through something, this is hard because you and I kind of uh, live in this land of happiness with this happiness ethic that wants to reduce God to some Disneyland dad or some cosmic Santa Claus who exists for my personal happiness. And so when bad things happen to us, it can throw us. Peter says, don't let it throw you. Don't be surprised. Stop and gain some perspective. Well, what is that perspective Look at what he says later on. He says in verse 16, Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him, here it is, glorify God. All right, it's happening to me. I just got the diagnosis I didn't want. I I just experienced something from someone that, that is unfounded. 
Peter says, stop and look at it as an opportunity to glorify God. This idea of glorifying God is huge. In fact, the Westminster Catechism would say, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. This idea of glorifying God means to make him bigger. Well, technically, you can't make God bigger. So what does this mean? Sort of like a telescope. A telescope is an instrument that exists to bring faraway objects into clear view to the extent that we are left in awe and wonder. Peter's actually saying that your aches, used the right way with the right perspective, can become a divine telescope that brings the eternal weighty God into clear view so that others around you are awed by him. Secondly, he says, not only get perspective, but watch your attitude. Look at what he says in verse 13. He says, but rejoice. Uh, that word rejoice comes from the same family of words that means grace. That when, I, when I'm in the middle of all this, and I think of the grace of God that's on my life. It should trigger joy. Joy doesn't mean you can't cry. Joy doesn't mean you shouldn't sit with a therapist or lean into community and try to get counsel. Joy doesn't mean any of those things. But even in the midst of my tears, there can be tears of joy. In fact, joy is an act of protest. It is us when we're joyful in the midst of life's harsh realities. It is us shaking our fist in the face of our circumstances, refusing to allow our circumstances to be dictator over our emotions. All right, dudes, your turn to react. We got Rod up first. Rod, do you have something to say about headers? Something hits you about? You went to First Peter 4 then while you heard that? Go ahead. Yeah, I went to First Peter 4, and, you know, he started with 4.12, and I have the header of suffering being a Christian. And I remembered that Luke in his daily devotional yesterday for Hosanna had said that the, never, the headers were never really meant to be there. It was supposed to be read straight through. And as I was reading, I, I kind of went back, just part of a chapter. I went back to seven. And in seven, they're talking, he's, they're talking about, you know, most important of all uh, is to continue to show deep love for each other, the love that covers a multitude of sins, that cheerfully share your home with those in need of a meal or, or a place to stay. Um, and God has given us all a gift and it. I, my mind started diving into, um, feeding, you know, giving to the needy, feeding the poor, you know, going and, and spending time with those people who are imprisoned. And then it, as he's talking about, uh, suffering for Christ, you know, where I was going in my head with it, or maybe where God was taking me was that we don't go there because it's suffering we don't i don't i don't actively go into a impoverished neighborhood wanting to share a meal with somebody because it's uncomfortable and i don't maybe i don't share my money with somebody because maybe i'm afraid of becoming poor myself you know and i i feel like for some reason that's the suffering he's talking about not so much as somebody whipping you or, or, or beating you up for being a christian but more of the, the societal fears that we have if we really do what the Bible tells us to do. Huh. That is wild, Rod. I never thought of it that way. Thank you very much for that contribution. 
I, by the way, listener, uh, at the beginning, well, you heard it, the, the, the full, if you want to hear the full message, because he does get into that as well, the hospitality part and serving the poor. And uh, so that's part of it. So uh, that's number one. Number two, that's an interesting take, Rod. You, you, got, you give someone else a different perspective. For me, what I got out of it was just straight up, hey, life's going to suck sometimes. And just because you believe in God, or if you are a Christian, and these people promising you that everything should be perfect, it's a lie. And that's that's the part that gets me whipped up, because uh, when people ask why, what's going on, why do bad things happen to good people, the truth is, bad things do happen to good people. It's all the way through that book, if you read it. And uh, the good news is that this isn't it. This broken planet isn't it. And as frustrated as you might be, as sick as you might be, as depressed as you might be, um, there is hope. There is a true light. And um, you're not alone, by the way, in this. But there is a world away from this broken planet. And um, that's that's my other point. So interesting, Rod. I appreciate that perspective so much. Thank you for, for, for sharing that because I definitely think there's some truth in that, some uncomfort when we get pushed out of our comfort zone. All right, Peter, you had something to say. Speaking yeah, of Peter, said, yeah, you Peter know, has something to say about Peter. That I've had, um, it, it's it just kind of came upon me, like things with my job. You know, a different. You know, I I, I was called. I felt like I was called to do something different than what I was doing, and mm. uh, you know, it's like it was a strong pull. And if I wasn't, if I didn't feel so unhappy before, the world, like to me, just didn't work for me. You know, like whatever. I I was. It caused me a lot of stress, okay? And uh, so I felt called to, to make some changes. And there was a lot of suffering there with the changes. And even suffering of just the humiliation of not having a good-paying job. Or mm. the humiliation of maybe not knowing what you want to do for a job. The humili- you know, everybody else has kind of got their life lined up. But, you know, there's, a, there's suffering with that. And I had to go through that. And it's like, that's the only way to be happy. I feel way happier now. You go through the suffering, you let... You know, we allow God to to work in our lives, but it brings a peace and a, ha- a true happiness. There isn't happiness in the other way. But I, I really feel hesitant sometimes to share my faith with some people because I'm thinking, you know, and this is my sin. But I'm thinking, I look at these people, I'm thinking, there's no way they're going to be willing to go through what it takes to to have a relationship with God. They're not going to give this stuff up. This is how I see it. This is wrong. But because there's a heavy cost to being a disciple, I believe. And anyways, it's uh, but I believe it's, it's so worth it. If people are willing to kind of let go of certain things, it's so worth it. It's worth it a million times over. But uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into too much of that. That's how I think. <laughs> I love it. Quip. Thank you. And uh, no, someone needed to hear that as well. There's no doubt right now with economic, uh, challenges. Um, there are many that are looking for work or going to be looking for work, or even, even if they have a good job contemplating this job's not fulfilling, there's something missing or, uh, what you're saying is you had to suffer. You went through some phases, but now you're, you're in a much better spot, but it, uh, sometimes you got to go through the hardship, the trials in order to be in that better spot. That's what I'm hearing from you, brother. And then of course, uh, courage to share then with others that can't quite see that yet right but it takes some courage to, to share and encourage them 
But uh, I will say anyone also that feels what Peter just said, especially about sharing faith and truth, just do a tenderness then. Just meet them where they're at and uh, let, let God do a lot of work. You, you plant the seeds, but God will touch the heart. Um, that's, that's what I've humbly learned. Thank you, Peter. That was awesome. Um, Bold, you've been going through some tough times. I, I'm not sure how much you're willing to share right now, uh, but um, you've, you've definitely had some suffering and so has your wife lately. So you definitely, well, this probably resonates with you. Life is not always easy, is it, brother? You've, you've been on this earth for a while. No, no, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's tough when, when, when things don't go accordingly to what your plan is, um, that you forget that, um, or I should say you humanly forget to just put it in God's hands. And, um, I've just, recently come to the conclusion that I have to do more of that. And, and then just trust that when I do that, that all will be good no matter what the circumstances come out of this. Um, and that's a difficult thing to do. Because Is one, you've got an ego, and yeah, pride and ego. Two, you want to control, yeah, yeah, and and um, you do become afraid of what the outcome might be, or what the outcome might have for your family or or um, yourself personally, and. Um, um, but that comes from learning from experience and, and, uh, it comes from, you know, bottom line, the willingness to just turn it all over to God. Uh, and so, um, patience are not one of my goals. Or, or, or I should, should say gifts. It's not one of my gifts. I get impatient. Um, I always want to be on top of things and, um, anxiety can kick in. So on. Anxiety can kick in, correct? Anxiety is a big hang up of mine. Yeah, I'm not um, alone on that either. It just, it just rips, it rips me apart and more so in the last year or two than ever before. Right. So, and, uh, um, you know, you get help for that and, and, but you still got to work, deal with it and we'll work with it, but you learn the tools hopefully that will help all that side of, of life be less burdensome on you. So then you don't have to, um, feel it as strongly as you would normally feel it. Mm. Thank you, bold. By the way, you've always been a, uh, 
bold leader and just sharing on that. What I love about you is you are a work in progress and um, a lot of wisdom. You've had a lot of reps. You've done a lot of praying. You've done a lot of listening to sermons, etc., through your life. But also just a humble reminder that we still get tested and life's still going to be hard. And you've always, you've never yep. been unashamed to share that part. In fact, I'm going to, I'll find it on the outro, but you, your first your first uh, podcast, it was uh, just about your brain injury. We'll, we'll, I'm going to encourage the listener to go to that and listen to that again of uh, to better understand your story for anyone that's newer. So thank you so much, Bold. Um, Casey and anyone else will be wrapping this one up. Casey, you usually always have something to say. What's on What's on your heart, brother? So yesterday, Nate kind of brought up how how there's been a lot of uh, suicidal thoughts, a yes. lot of suicide around us, a lot of anxiety and depression. Yes. So one thing that that stuck out to me was he he actually has set up <clears throat> where some of the guys will be doing a a fast next week. So they'll be fasting for these people and for our nation and for those who are struggling with anxiety. So these people are actually stepping in. Uh, they're willing to step into suffering. I mean, fasting is not fun. I, I can just say that. I, I It's not enjoyable, but they're willing to give up their comforts for in order to go to God and plead on behalf of these people who are suffering spiritually or emotionally. And so I think that that's a great display of what, what God has called us into. And so what, what came out of that, a thought that came out of that was Jesus, as soon as he was baptized, went into the desert and fasted for 40 days to prepare himself for this, the real suffering that was going to come to him hmm. and also for him to sacrifice himself for others. And my thought is, is how many people, even including myself, how many people would follow Jesus and get baptized if the next thing that they had to do was give up food for 40 days? Hmm. Like, I don't know that we as Christians are willing to suffer for others mm. as much. I mean, we, we're not used to it. I'm not used to suffering. Nate brought this up yesterday in our Thursday group. Like our brothers and sisters around the world, like there's a genocide going on in Africa where Boko Haram just went in just this last week, went into a, a Christian village and dis- decimated women, children, pregnant women, and you don't hear anything about this, but this is the suffering that our brothers and sisters are going through. And this is what Paul, or this is what Peter's talking about: is don't expect everything to be just handed to you, and just because you follow God, it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It was not easy for Jesus's closest followers, and that's who Peter's talking to is the first church. And so, I think we in the in the United States, we're so used to being comfortable that now that there's a little bit of pressure on us, it's it's weeding out a lot of people who have said that they're a follower of Jesus or said that they're a Christian because they go to church, but in reality, they believe in Jesus, but they're not re- really willing to follow Jesus and what Jesus has called us to, and that's the sacrifice for our neighbors. Yeah, well, that's ironically... 
maybe not ironically, just by design, it ties back in kind of what Rod, how we opened it up. And that was just uh, the, the suffering that does come from helping others and sacrificing for others. And no doubt about it, I, I said, listen, somebody listen, you are not here by accident. Some are, you are, are, are dealing with depression, you're dealing with anxiety, it is very real, it's been compounded, you're not alone. And um, there's several categories, it's definitely been middle-aged, for sure, is one. Um, there's absolutely, I would call it its own pandemic, for lack of a better word, but for our youth. Um, there's been a lot of disillusionment with our youth. There's a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot, a lot. Uh, Casey, both you and I are involved with youth ministry. Any of you young listeners, you're not alone. I promise you, you're not alone. And as Dr. Loritz says, sometimes you do need help, though. Sometimes you need a counselor. Sometimes you need to lean into community. And then, of course, to listen to the words of Jesus to help lift you up and understand there's going to be hardship in this life, but there is a purpose for you. And and uh, part of that journey, though, is to sacrifice and pray. And for some of you, maybe it is fasting to help get some clarity. And I will be participating as well next week on that to, to help for those that are suffering depression, anxiety, and what's going on in this world to help give some better clarity. And it is enlightening, right, Casey? I mean, you've kind of really helped blaze this path, but the, the process of fasting is really, as weird as it is as a concept for some, it just really helps give you clarity. It, it, it gets you off the comforts, almost like a, a baby on a pacifier. It gets you off the pacifier just to at least kind of think of what is going on and to be a little more in tune to the world. And then it definitely makes you pray more. It makes you think more. It just, it, well, it's biblical, but it, it works. I mean, it really helps you tune in to what might be ailing you or ailing someone else, correct? Yeah. Can I can I end with one one last thing? Sure. Uh, so this is this is said to be written by C.S. Lewis in 1942. Um, I have not fact checked this or not or or anything. So do the checking yourself. But it says Satan. I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, places of worship, and sporting events. I will cause economic turmoil. Jesus, I will bring together neighbors, restore family units. I will bring dinners back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not on the world. I will teach my children to trust in me and not in their money and in the material resources. I feel like that is what God is doing in this time. We're reading through Daniel right now, and Daniel was this righteous man before God. He sought after God, and he was one of the first people to be exiled into this wicked land called Babylon. As soon as he got there, they castrated him. And then they forced him to start studying their doctrines and their demonology, and they started forcing all of this stuff on him. And I can just imagine Daniel, this righteous man, asking God, what did I do wrong? Why am I one of the first people Mm. to be sent to this hell? And then, uh, like, eight years later, 1,700 miles away, so Daniel doesn't even know that this is being prophesied by another prophet. God tells this prophet Jeremiah, 
the people who were sent first, they're like good figs to me. They are beautiful. They're bountiful. And these people are righteous in my sight. These are going to be the people who get to come back to the promised land and they are going to repopulate so that my people will be godly and seek after me again. See, God, God sent these people into the pit of hell to to go through the refining fire so that they can come back more beautiful than ever and re and set up Jerusalem the way that God has called us to and Babylon then came and and destroyed Jerusalem after that so he say he used hardship to save Daniel actually mm. and I think that that what that's what God's doing right now is he's doing a pruning yep. and so don't let that make you anxious or fearful but just seek god and and lean into the suffering a little bit right on brother i am absolutely going to end on that note in uh this final comment of as we talked to a, a fellow youngster that was struggling a bit faith does not get uh faith does not exist without doubt you cannot get stronger without resistance ponder that thank you thank you all word check it out first peter four Tough times are promised, and they can be brutal, and you are not alone. Thank you, Dr. Loritz, for your excellent take on this. And you can hear his entire message, by the way, again at the Brian Loritz podcast, that's L-O-R-R-I-T-S, entitled Same Different as He, published on 8-4-20. That's August 4th, 2020. Speaking of tough times, we are absolutely seeing a big increase in confusion anxiety, and depression. And if that is you, will you let us know at frydudes.com on the Contact Us page? We will encourage you. We will pray for you. You are absolutely not alone. And as hard as it is to believe right now, you do have a purpose. And you may be feeling helpless right now. Just know that God sees you, and God does love you. And this hurt isn't from God. This hurt is from this broken planet. So keep tuning in to those voices that build you up. Seek therapy if needed. Depression is as real as cancer. So is anxiety and any malady. Lean into community as Dr. Loritz suggests. One last perspective and then song time to reflect. I've said this many times before. I'll say it again. One cannot get stronger without resistance, meaning tough times. In addition, some of the best to help others is the one that knows your pain. And whether that is a loss of a loved one or dealing with cancer or addiction or fill in the blank, you can help someone else someday. And I believe that is part of your healing path. That can be part of your legacy. Okay, song time, ending on a song note. This is the song, God, I Look to You, that was in Dr. Luritz's message. This version is by Bethel Music and Francesca Battistelli. If you dig, please add it to your playlist, God, I Look to You. Now go, lean into the community that will build you up, serve, and love.
things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Just what to do, and I.